Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Jay Eberly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. It was that if he got close enough where that shadow could fall on somebody, that's pretty close, you know. What he was saying was that anointing would jump off and get onto. So when faith is high enough and the anointing is strong enough, it can arc. You've seen that with electricity. You get two wires close enough together, full enough, high enough power, it starts jumping, you know. Happened to Maya the other night. Now, how many of you remember that story I told down in Florida? You might not remember the place, but remember that man I, I told the testimony last week about the man that was healed? Actually, um, uh, healed of rheumatoid arthritis. He was so, he couldn't even uh, move his hands anymore. He lost his job. Remember that? And I was going through the healing line, and I was two people away from him, and the power of God jumped off onto him, and he fell out under the power completely healed. Remember that? So that's a, that's a case where that happened. It arced. It, it got so close. Actually, there's more to that story. This man actually had, Satan had a, an imp, a spirit had actually attached itself to his body. Now, he's a Christian. He's not in his spirit. But Satan will try, just like you can get termites in your house. See, you, you're not the house. The house is just where you live, right? Well, you can get termites in your house, but that don't mean you come to church and you got termites coming out your ears and termites coming out your... No, they're not in you. They're in your house. Same thing true with evil spirits. They can get in the house of a person's physical body and they can afflict the sickness and disease. Not every condition is that way. But uh, they can, but that doesn't mean it's in their spirit. Or it might not even mean it's in their soul or their mind. But it's just in their house. Now this man had, that demon was in his house, in his body. Remember the Bible calls the body the house. And so, you know, somebody said, well, why didn't you have to cast it out? Well, there's times Jesus didn't have to cast it out. Go over to the sixth chapter of Luke. I got more in here than I can get out tonight. The more I preach, the stronger the anointing gets on me. Woo, glory. Go to sixth chapter of the book of Luke. Um, Verse 12. It came to pass in those days he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. When when, When it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and them he chose twelve whom he also named apostles. And it names who they are. Verse 17, he came down with them and stood in the plain in the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem from the sea coast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And they that were vexed with unclean spirits and they were healed. So here's not only physical healing, but those that were vexed, probably vexed means emotionally, mentally, you know. People that would probably sit around and do funny noises. I'm not making fun of them, but you've seen people, you know, they're vexed. Um, and those kinds of people, and they were healed, and the whole multitude sought to touch him, including these ones that were vexed. For there went virtue out of him and healed them all. The word virtue is the same word translated power. Dunamis is the Greek word. It means, we, we would translate it dynamite. It means explosive power. That's where we get our word dunamis. I mean, our word dynamite is from dunamis. <laughs> In other words, laying on the hands, pow! That's what the sickness feels whenever hands are laid. So, but anyway, uh, notice these unclean spirits left these people without Jesus casting them out. Just the anointing got too strong, and they're like, okay, that's enough. I can't take any more. I'm out of here. 
That's what happened in that healing line. I got close, two, two people away, and that spirit that was afflicting that man's body with rheumatoid arthritis said, that's it, I can't take it anymore. I'm out of here. I'm, I'm out of here. And just left. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, now that we're here, let's finish up by looking at this. Jesus was anointed with healing power. We know that. The Spirit of the Lord's on me. He's anointed me. And then the one with the issue of blood's one case. There's many others where that power went out. But notice here he said he chose 12. He chose 12. Notice what it says. Whom he named apostles. Now let's look a little bit more at that. Go over with me to the, uh, you're here in Luke. Go with me to the ninth chapter. The ninth chapter. We're, we're finishing something up here. We're discussing this healing anointing. We need to understand how it operates. We're discussing different methods, but kind of weaving in and out of talking about this healing anointing. Verse 9, or chapter 9, verse 1. He called, unto, he called his 12 disciples. Now, we just read about those. He called his 12 disciples together and gave them, number one, power. Number two, authority over all devils and to cure diseases. He sent, them out to he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So it wasn't just Jesus that was anointed. Now, he gave these power. Well, they were the 12 apostles. Well, you ever read that he did it with 70 other ones? Later on, I don't remember the reference, but he called 70 together and gave them power. <laughs> well, he's the head. He can do what he wants. But this didn't all cease with the apostles because those 70 had this power. Amen. Now, with that in mind, notice it says, notice how it says this here. He gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure. Now, this is important. What's that? One, of, one disease. Huh? Diseases. Disease. Everybody say diseases. Look at Mark. Go over to Mark chapter, actually go to Matthew chapter number 10. We'll come back to Mark. I'm getting to something. You might say, what are you getting to? Well, just hold your horses. We're almost there. Go to Matthew chapter 10, verse number 1. Now, these are different writers telling the same account. Let's read the different accounts. We can always learn from reading them all. When he had called unto him, verse 1, when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner, all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. And it names who they are. It goes and tells about them, you know, going out and ministering them with that anointing. Now notice the anointing here, this, this, whatever Jesus gave them there, and Luke says it was power and authority. There's a difference, you know. But Power is a tangible, literal, tangible, it's like, like electricity almost, yeah. except it's from God's realm, not the natural realm. Um, but he said he gave them power against all manner. Everybody say all manner. All manner. Of sicknesses and all manner of diseases. Well, did you notice over there in Luke, it said to heal diseases. Plural, okay? Now, go to Mark chapter number three. Why are you taking all this time? Because there's a, there's a real important point. We have to become skilled in how this works so we can cooperate with it. I'm getting ready to say some things. Uh, I've been saying some things, but I'm getting ready to say some more things. Mark 3, verse number 13 through 15. Look at this. 
Verse number 13, he goes up into the mountain and called unto him whom he would. And they came to him and he ordained 12 that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses, plural, and to cast out devils. Every time it talks about him giving them power, it was for all sicknesses. All kinds. Isn't that right? Now, come over to... Now, uh, go to Acts. Chapter number 5. We were just referring to it, but we didn't turn to it. See, we got to dig deeper a little, little bit in the Word. Praise the Lord. Verse 5. Mark... Five, uh, excuse me, Mark 5, verse number 16. They, Mark 5, 16. There came also a multitude out of the cities. Remember I just referred to this? Peter's shadow. Verse 15 talked about Peter's shadow, you know. But there came a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks, and them which were vexed with unclean spirits. And they were healed, just a few. Huh? They were healed, every one. Why, Pastor, why are you pointing that out? Because this is, now you've got to understand this. Go to, Mark, go to Acts chapter number 8 now, real quickly. My, 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 my. I'm just now getting to what I came in here for. This tangible healing anointing is not what... 1 Corinthians 12 refers to. What I'm talking about in this tangible healing is not what 1 Corinthians 12 refers to as gifts of healings. It's not what I'm talking about, nor is it what the Bible is talking about. Gifts of healings is something separate altogether. The Bible says gifts of healings, remember over there if you've read it, gifts of healings works as the Holy Ghost wills. All these work, verse 12, I believe, or 11, 11 or verse 12. All these work that one and self same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he wills. It's as he wills. In other words, gifts of healings manifest as the Holy Ghost wills. But you can see, this doesn't, what I'm talking about tonight doesn't manifest as the Holy Ghost wills. This manifests whenever faith is mixed with it. So it's got to be something different. Isn't that right? Now, you've heard, and, and, uh, You've heard me talk about. You've heard me say, remember the testimonies, there's a vast, a whole lot more people with testimonies about skeletal and bone healings than any other thing. Isn't that right? Remember that? Well, but then you read, well, there's all sorts of, we, we read all those testimonies and there's many different kinds of lupus, you know, angina, just cancer, just different kinds of things healed. Isn't that right? Well, somebody said, now, what are you operating in? Are you operating in a tangible anointing, which is good for all sicknesses or diseases? Or, no, I didn't say all sicknesses or diseases are healed, because that's according to the person's faith. Nor did I say that the tangible anointing is the spirit without measure like Jesus had it. It's for all manner of sickness and disease like Jesus had it for all manner. But no man today has it in the degree that Jesus had it. In other words, it was stronger on Jesus than anybody today. I personally believe probably if you put everybody's anointing to get healing anointing together today and balled it all up and then set it beside what Jesus had when he walked the earth, it's probably the same amount. Come on. My opinion, I don't have scripture for that, but see, he divided to every man. He divided. So what he had, he divided up. You know? Now, I don't have it in the measure Jesus had it, but I have, I have the, the tangible anointing that Jesus had. 
Remember when it went out to the one with the issue of blood? Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. But do you know there's people in Jesus' ministry that was healed that didn't even know it was Jesus? Remember the man, remember the man at the pool, take up thy bed and walk. Remember that? And he just picked up his bed and he walked. Well, the Bible said there was porches full of sick folk there. Why didn't he do that with everybody else? Because he wasn't ministering with that tangible anointing. He had a manifestation of a gift of healing for that man right there at that time. So he said, why do you know that? Because it couldn't, have been the, it couldn't have been anything else because the man, you know, went to the people and said, look, well, you know, because the Pharisees said, why are you carrying your bed? You know, well, he said, the man that healed me said, pick up your bed and walk. So I'm taking it home. They said, well, you can't do it. It's the Sabbath day. Jesus said, well, you have to, I mean, the man said, you have to talk to the man that told me to carry it, you know. They said, who is he? He said, well, I don't know. That's what he said. Go read it. What is it, John 9? He said, I don't even know. Because the Bible said Jesus had conveyed himself away and the man didn't even know who he was. So it couldn't have been the man knowing this is that one that's anointed because he didn't even know who he was. So it wasn't the man's faith. You can't have faith for something you don't know. If you don't know I put a million dollars in your coordinator box, Leanne, you can't have faith for it. <laughs> you can't believe it because I didn't. I don't know. So, but the point is, that wasn't the man's faith. That's right. It wasn't Jesus doing that, because if it was Jesus, he would have done it for all the rest of them. That's right. Amen. So what was it? It was, a, it was a, a manifestation of a gift of healing, which the Bible says there are gifts of healings, plural. But this was one of the gifts manifested in a moment of time just for that man, and the man didn't even know who Jesus was, so he didn't use his faith. Jesus didn't do it because it was Jesus doing it for whoever wanted, he wanted to because there was a multitude of sick folk there. In fact, the man in Acts 3 that was healed when Peter and John went up to the gate through the gate called Beautiful, Jesus himself, 40 days earlier, had walked right past that man because the Bible said he was laid there daily. Jesus had 40 days before walked right past that man. So Jesus wasn't just going around healing everybody. It was according to their faith. Or a gift of healing could manifest from, from time to time. Where the people don't even have any faith. And it's just like, like Seth, the man I told you about up in Maine. He and his dad were mocking and his knees got healed. Well, isn't that the mercy of God? Wasn't his faith. Nor was it my faith because I didn't even know he had knee problems. So it wasn't me doing it. It wasn't him doing it, believing for it. He's mocking and making fun of me. You understand? There's a difference. Now, have you gone to Mark, uh, have you gone to, uh, where have you gone? Acts chapter number 8? Yes. I'm hurrying. Everybody say, he's getting there. He's getting there. Ooh, glory. Mark chapter number, well, I keep saying Mark. It's Acts. Acts. Say Acts. Acts. All right. Now, here's one. Look at uh, verse number 4. Verse 4, they were scattered abroad and went everywhere preaching the word. Now Philip went down to Samaria, the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. What did he preach? Christ. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. How did he do those miracles? Let's keep on reading. Unclean spirits crying with a loud voice. See, they, they heard and saw something, so that's what they heard. They heard the spirits coming out. And came out of many. How many? many. Not all of them, but many of them. Many that were possessed with him. And many. How many? many. Not all of them. Right. Many's not all. Right. Many taken with palsy and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in the city. 
Now look at verse, let's keep on reading. There was a certain man named Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom that all, they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God, except they found out he wasn't. To him they had regard, because that for a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the... No, here's what he preached. Here's what he preached. Here, here's what he preached. The things concerning the kingdom of God, and it specifies one thing particularly. He preached the name of Jesus Christ. He preached that. They were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also and was baptized and continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Okay, let's stop there. Um, here's Philip ministry. And we see that he's, he's casting out demons. He's also ministering to the sick, but he's only ministering in one area. Notice how it says many that were, had demons, you know, were delivered. But then it says many that had the palsy. Now, he looked that up. That means paralysis. And that were crippled or lame were healed. Now, how many of you can tell? It says that the healings in that meeting were in one category. Really, they were paralyzed and crippled or lame. That's really only one category. That's bone problems or, you know, something wrong with the joints or something, you know, something like that. So that's, that's the category that Philip had uh, people healed in. If there would have been others, the Bible would have told us. So that's just one category. Now notice, what was he, how was he ministering? How was he ministering? This is important. We're almost done. Don't, don't unhook from me yet. How was he ministering to these individuals? Well, it couldn't have been that he was laying hands on them, and I'll prove it. It couldn't have been that he had a tangible anointing, and I'll prove it transferring it through the laying on of hands. It couldn't have been that. Because, let's keep on reading there. We stopped in the 8th chapter there. Let's, we stopped in verse number 12, 13 we read. The, the miracles, and one, he was wondering, Phil, uh, Simon was wondering at the miracles and signs which were done. Now, when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. So they were born again. Right. So you don't baptize people in water until they're born again. So they were born again, but they hadn't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Right. That proves it's two separate experiences. Hmm. Yeah. And when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the Word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who went, came down, prayed for them they might receive the Holy Ghost. As yet he had fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Now, who is this doing this? Who's doing this? Not a trick question. Who's, do, who's ministering here? Peter and John are ministering. Isn't that right? Hold on. I know, it's, I know people are getting unhooked here because you've, you've reached your limit here, but I'm almost done. Oh, Got to get this out. Peter and John are the ones God uses here to get them baptized in the Holy Ghost. And notice how they did it. They, they prayed for them. They must have just prayed mass or something like that. From the way it's written, it seems to indicate that anyway. They prayed for them. They might receive the Holy Ghost. Then they laid their hands on them. Why did they lay their hands on them? Because, huh? Because Jesus had given them a tangible anointing. We read it. He gave them power. 
The Holy Ghost anointing was in their hands. They had a ministry, get this, because they had a tangible anointing upon their lives, they had a ministry of the laying on of hands. Why? That doesn't mean every believer can't lay hands on the sick or can't lay hands on somebody to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, but that doesn't mean anything is administered. It's just a point of contact. This ministry has a tangible transfer whenever hands are laid on. Since they had that ministry, they had a ministry of laying on of hands. A ministry of laying on of hands. In other words, something is transferred through the laying on of hands. Now, notice what happens as a result of these men ministering this way. They were all filled, they, they, they were laid hands on, verse 17, that they might receive the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands he may receive the Holy Ghost. Peter said, Thy money perish with thee, because it's thought the gift of God may be purchased with money. Uh, you know, and you know, have no part or lot in this matter. Repent, you know, so forth and so on. Well, the, the point I want to make here is notice, notice what Simon wanted to buy. A lot of times people think Simon wanted to buy the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's not what he wanted to buy. He wanted to buy the ministry. When he saw that through the laying on of hands the Holy Ghost was given, he said, give me also this ability. In other words, to minister. Well, see, no, that's the wrong motive. He's, doing, he's wanting it for money's sake. He's trying to get back to having everybody listen to him again. Somebody said, well, isn't that what ministers are doing when they say, I'm anointed? Well, take my example. For I can't talk about other people, but take my example. I didn't even understand that the Lord was trying to get me into that ministry whenever he did call me. So how could it be that he gave it to me and I got it somehow for a wrong motive? You know, I didn't even, he had to talk me into it. In fact, I was talking to him about it Saturday night. Man, I want more prayer times like I had Saturday night. Woohoo! And he said, now see, if you had not started laying hands on the sick, you would have been in disobedience to what I said. I said, I've given to you a, 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 a ministry to the sick. I've given you a ministry of healing is what he said. Ministry of healing. Well, that's not teaching and preaching. That's a ministry to transfer something to the sick for healing. He said, your interpretation of that had to get correct, and that's why I had Brother Moore kind of slap you around a little bit. Obey, obey. See, I would have gotten off, and I wouldn't have been able to get into anything. Whoa, I'm glad I heard from God. But notice here, he offered them money. He said, I, wanted the, I want this ministry laying on hand, so, so, so forth and so on. Now think about that. If, I'm getting to the point here. If, if Philip had been ministering through the laying on of hands, and then through that laying on of hands, sicknesses would have left and things like that. Yeah. Through the transfer of anointing. Wow. How many of you know Simon would have got the idea, hey, I want to buy that a long time before Peter and John got there. Real good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Proof yeah. that Philip was not ministering the same way that these men were ministering. Although it's the baptism, yet it can be transferred for the baptism or for healing, you know. Hallelujah. But my point is this, Simon, uh, I mean, uh, Philip, excuse me, Philip was not ministering that way. How was he ministering? Two things. Two things. And I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. Hello. Praise the Lord. I've been saying I'm almost done, but I'm... <clears throat> I'm full tonight. I got so much to share. Um, we see him saying that he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus. That must have been how he was casting out those devils. He was using the name. He was just mixing faith with what he knew about what, what happened in that, using that name. 
saying, Satan, you come out of that person in the name of Jesus. Or he might have ministered healing that way. It could have, could have been so. And number two, there must have been a gift of healing in manifestation because it only mentions healing in one category. Isn't that right? That must have been a gift of healing. And he did not minister that through the laying on of hands. There's a difference. Now, think about Hebrews 2. Will you just give me another minute here? I go, oh, my goodness. Hebrews 2. Go over there real quickly. My, 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 my. Go to the fourth verse of Hebrews chapter number 2. I'm almost done. I, I, I guess I'm just too full tonight to get this unhooked. Now, notice what it says, Hebrews 2, 4. Let, we, let's, let's catch verse number 3. Just to get the context. Hebrews 2, verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, that'd be Jesus, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him, that'd be the apostles mainly. God also bearing them, Jesus and the apostles, witness, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Now, let me ask you a question. Notice how it says it, both with signs and wonders. If I said, I can't find either of my shoes, both of them are somewhere I can't find them. Both means two. Right? If I said, Carlos and Ann, both of you come over here. I want you to pray for somebody. Both means two. Never means three, never means four, never means 17, never means one. Both means two. Now notice here. Both with signs, number one. Wonders, number two. Diverse miracles, number three. Gifts of the Holy Ghost, number four. Well, can't he count? <laughs> I'm just making a point. It looks to us like there's four different things mentioned there whenever he says there's only two. When it comes to the way signs and wonders work. There's only two ways there. Well, if you look up the word gifts of the Holy Ghost, that's not 1 Corinthians 12 gifts. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, word of, you know, working of miracles. That's not what he's talking about there. It means it's totally different word. Four different words in the Greek called translated gifts. And this is a totally different word than the word gifts over there in 1 Corinthians 12. It means something different, in other words. So this word gifts literally means endowments. Distributions. Literally is what it means. In other words, Jesus ministered this way and the apostles ministered this way. And it'd be fair to say that today people can minister two different ways. Amen. Number one would be signs, wonders, and miracles or diverse miracles. That's all in the area of the gifts of the Spirit. Number two would be through this endowment, which is something different than one of the manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit. You understand that? I hope you can understand that. One works by faith. The gifts of the Spirit, you can't... Now, when it comes into manifestation, the person that has it in manifestation has to act on it in faith to get it to manifest. But their faith didn't initiate it. Their faith just responded to it. You understand? But faith can initiate this power. It did on Jesus. And it wasn't Jesus just sovereignly deciding who this power went out to. Because by the time the woman with the issue of blood was healed, by the time she was healed, in other words, by the time it had happened, or by the time Jesus knew it, it had already happened. Jesus immediately knew that virtue had gone out. It had already happened. So Jesus didn't have time to say, wait, wait, wait. We've got to see if this is the will of God. Faith controlled it, not Jesus. Woo! 
But there are sovereign things God does. It's called gifts of the Spirit. Just bam, 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 it'll happen. And when it comes, man, you wish you could stay, but you just can't keep it. <laughs> when the anointing lifts, you're back to faith. So really, in one sense of the word, you see three different ways Jesus or anybody today is going to minister. Basic categories. Basic categories. Three different ways. Number one, just faith in the word of God. And Jesus did that. And he also ministered with number two, the healing endowment, you might call it, or the tangible healing anointing, which faith receives. Or number three, that man there at the pool, he said, take up your bed and walk. That was a gift of the Spirit. And there's others that he couldn't get to work for anybody else. Amen. Amen. So how many of you can see what we're talking about tonight? Same thing's true with casting out devils. You can do it by... Now, if the person will, 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 uh, wants to be free, you can exercise authority over the Spirit in the name of Jesus. Just using your faith. No special anointing whatsoever. Don't have to have any special anointing. Or you can cast out the spirits by the power of the Holy Spirit. An anointing to do that. Same thing true. Jesus ministered both ways. Matthew 8, 16 says he cast out the spirits with his word. Matthew 12, 23 says he did it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Which one did he do it by? The point is he did it by both. Now, I said all that to say this. Aren't you glad I finally got to this? What God's trying to do in this healing school is teach us to flow with both of those. Well, I should say, when I say both in this case, I'm talking about the Holy Ghost in both ways he does things. Or, number two, with just the Word. Just take the Word and say, Father, we see Jesus took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. Thank you, Father, I take mine now. No special anointing, nothing. The Word is anointed. (laughs) There's enough power in one Word of God to blow cancer right out of somebody's body. No Word from God is void of power or impossible of fulfillment. That's the amplified version of when the angel said to Jesus, all things are, or to Mary, all things are possible to him that believe it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's power in the word of God. So we need to flow with all of them. Now, back in the healing revival, you remember telling, I told you about that if you've ever read any of the books. Um, you remember the Bible talks about in the healing revival that, not the Bible, the, the, the books that are written, excuse me. Back in the 50s, I'm talking about. That uh, in the healing revival, many of those men were ministering under either gifts of the Spirit or a tangible healing anointing. But if you study the history of many of them, William Branham, Jack Coe, all those men, many of them died young with diseases. (laughs) Many of them did. Catherine Kuhlman, you're just going down the line, many of them. In In fact, most of them, it'd be a better way to say it. Well, these mighty men of God that could, that could call people that were blind up and all of them get healed. Why couldn't they? Why in their own? See, now we've got to understand some of this. It's time, the days of childhood in this is over. It's time we grow up and realize why things happen the way they happen. Because most of those men, they would say some of the most stupid things you ever heard. Based on the Bible, they, was, they would say the most stupid things you ever heard. They, they were saying things that were not based on the words, what I'm trying to say. That, that they were trying to share something, but it was, when it comes to the word, what they were saying was just not making any sense. They didn't know. And many of them would say, I don't know a thing in the world about faith. They were operating in a gift. They were operating in an endowment of some kind, which God didn't give them to minister to them. God gave them. If he called them to a healing anointing, he didn't give it to them for them. 
He gave it to them for the body of Christ to, to heal the sick. What about whenever they need healing? Well, they're going to have to go to the Word just like everybody else. But see, if they didn't build their, their faith in the Word, when it come time to them needing something, they were up a creek without a paddle. And most of them said that, Catherine Kuhlman said, I don't even much like this faith message. Well, she died with a heart condition because she didn't receive that message. Because when it came to healing, that gift that she operated in wasn't going to work for her. She's just between her and God and the Word and faith. See, we have to understand that. It's time for us to understand that. Don't think, well, so-and-so, great man of God preacher, he died of a disease. I guess it's not for everybody. Then people start new doctrines, you know. Well, I guess that's not for everybody. Well, when they get sick, they're going to have to stand on the Word because the Word is for everybody. Amen. Amen. Let me just read this. Kenneth Hagin said this. He said, no one can maintain healing which comes as a result of another's faith, gifts of the Spirit, and so on, unless his faith is developed through the Word of God to the point where he can maintain his own right. Amen. In other words, you might receive with one of these manifestations of the Spirit or one of these endowments or something, but you have to know that you might not keep it that way. He said, many times people expect to be healed because hands are laid on them, and that is one way to minister healing. But even, even that won't last if they don't get the Word in them. Somebody said, well, if any God does anything, I thought it would last. Well, think about it. No one will receive healing and be able to keep it unless they build a faith on their own. That's because there is an enemy arrayed against us, the devil who comes to steal kill and destroy. See, what's he want to steal? He wants to steal what you got from God. It's not God that's, that's, that's not able to keep you healed. It's that there's an enemy. See, if you don't know how you got it, how are you going to keep it? If you get healed through some mass faith in a meeting somewhere where everybody else's faith brought the power in and you were just there and it splashed off on you, you don't know how you got it, so you don't know how to keep it. So we have to build people's faith in the Word so that whenever, even if they get it this way, at least they got it that way, but at least they're going to have to maintain it on their own faith. Does that make sense? When you're equipped with the Word, praise God, it makes the difference. That's one thing we want to do in these classes. He said this the first day of healing school, October 1st, 1979. He's talking about healing school. And that's why I'm sharing this with you because I'm, I'm sharing the same thing. He said, that's the thing that we want to do in these classes. We want to get the word in people. So that's the reason we tell people who need healing, you come and stay until you get healed, whether it be a day, a week, a month, or six months. Doesn't mean it takes God that long, but it just takes us sometimes to get that word into us. This is one of the main reasons why prayer and healing school was started in all those years ago. Brother Hagin had been a part of the healing revival. This is just my notes here. In the 40s and 50s, he saw that many, uh, he saw that, um, many people who had received miraculous healings often lost their healing. Usually, they were worse off than before they were healed. That's why he changed the way he ministered. Sure, he could have advertised the vision uh, he had of Jesus, which he had a vision, and he uh, told about it all right, but he could have just advertised that, had, had, uh, had mass healing revivals, just ministering under that anointing, fill large auditoriums, but he knew that people wouldn't keep their healing and that the devil would confuse them afterwards and they'd be further from faith. Yes. I've seen that. Sometimes it's not good to lay hands on people too quick. 
because they might get something and not know how they got it, and then they lose it, and they not know why they lost it. And so now, now they're more confused and more, more discouraged than ever, you know. So um, they, uh, he knew that people wouldn't keep their healing, and then the devil would confuse them, and they'd be further from faith. So he began holding smaller church meetings where he could both minister to the sick and teach the people. Then uh, he would of, often see people in those smaller meetings. See, I'd been around his ministry for years. Told, he talked about all this. He'd see people in these smaller meetings who had been miraculously healed in the meetings of notable, notable healing evangelist meetings, but who had lost their healing. He would take, them, uh, he, he would take the time to teach them, and, that, uh, and they not only got healed the second time, but they also knew how to keep their healing. This is one of the main reasons why we're starting in this healing school. It's, to, uh, and it's not called a healing rally or a healing crusade. We're calling it a healing school. In other words, we're going to school people into the Word. To where whenever we do minister and that power is transferred and that healing begins, they can mix faith with it, number one. They can keep it, number two. Do you know that mass healing crusades that are the most popular ones today, if you did, if you did studies on it, 97% of the people healed in those meetings. These are factual statistics. 97% of them lose their healing. That doesn't, that doesn't say anything bad about their ministry, you understand. It's a genuine healing, a genuine ministry, genuine anointing. God's called them. God uses them. But see, the point is, most of those people are coming out of places where they're not getting taught. So when the devil comes back to take what they... Remember, remember in the book of Revelation, hold fast which thou hast, lest no man take thy crown. Satan's going to come and try to take it away from you. After the unclean spirit's going out, he's coming back. You remember? The Bible talks about that. He's going to try to get back in. Just the nature of the devil. He tries to get back in. But he has to find something in there to stop him from doing that. And that has to be the Word of God. Somebody said, what is, how do I resist him? You just say, no, Mr. Devil. No, Mr. Devil. Symptoms come back. You say, not here. Not here. No, I take authority over you. Amen. What would be good for those healing evangelists to do would be have morning, morning teaching on faith on how to keep your healing. That's good preaching whether you know it or not. Praise God. And I'll just read the rest of this and I'm almost done. I've been saying that, but you're, you're understanding here. I had to get this out tonight. I wrote this. In my 22 plus years of, of, in the healing ministry, it seems as if what I'm talking about here is one of the most difficult things to get over to church folk. That their own faith is responsible for receiving and maintaining their healing. There can be no real faith without a constant diet of the Word. And the church you go to does matter. Because if the Word's not preached, you know, Satan will come back and rob you of it. Many we ministered to, in healing, ministered to in healing school went back home to sit under religious teachings again, only to lose their healing. We know this because we would follow up with them a few weeks or even a month later. We, we started that new program. We started calling people after they were healed. You know, just want to call and encourage you. How's it going? Well, and this happens so often. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it came back on me. Well, what did you do when it came back on you? What, you, what kind of teaching are you sitting under? Well, you know, my, my, I'm, I'm just sitting here in this old religious church that I used to go to. Well, amen. We can help people, but not if they're sitting under things that are pumping them full of unbelief. You can't maintain faith on your own. <laughs> if it wasn't even your faith that got it by your own faith, somebody else helps you. So don't think you're at a place you can stand on your own whenever you haven't been able to stand on your own before you got healed. 
I'm not trying to, you know, recruit people. I'm trying to keep people healed, to be honest with you. So um, we can help people. The Word of God has shown us how to help people to receive and maintain their healing, but they'll have to work with us and not against us. For some of them, what is their alternative? We used to tell people that in healing school. What's your alternative? Well, the doctor said they can't do anything. I'll be dead in six months. Well, what's your alternative? Well, I can't. There's no, there's no place back here where, which is teaching me these things. Because they'd come and they'd get results, you know. Then they'd go back home. I just can't afford to stay out there anymore. Well, what's your alternative? You might want to pull up stakes and sell your house. Oh, that's drastic. Well, then go ahead and die then. <laughs> In Jesus' ministry, they came to be here and to be healed. Why is hearing so important? Because faith comes by hearing. Amen. For, this, for many people, these are my notes. I'm all, um, this is the last paragraph right here. For many people, this means that they'll have to change their lifestyle. Their lifestyle, as lived currently, does not accommodate their faith. Faith gets choked out by the cares of this natural life wrong doctrines, wrong things being preached, and it has too much competition, takes, has no real opportunity to really get a hold and, and to help them to stand in faith. Yeah. Amen. That's good preaching, Pastor. So this is not just a healing rally. This is a healing school. We want to school you into faith. Yes, we're going to operate in the tangible anointing. We're going to operate in gifts of the Spirit. But see, afterwards, what are you going to do? It's going to have, you're going to have to have something to hold, hold on to that. Did you get anything out of the Word tonight? Turn to your neighbor and say, we're learning. learning. Say it again, we're learning the Word. I don't want to be that statistic, do you? Losing what we get? No, I want to keep what we get. Everybody say, we can keep what we get. Praise God. Let's all stand. Praise the Lord. If you would like more information about Pastor Jay Everly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life. 